How is the discipline of simplicity about abundance? Blessing others. Loving others. Simplicity, an inward reality resulting in an external lifestyle. Of course, most Americans in our day and age could benefit from a more simple life. But if we're going to approach this practice as a spiritual discipline, it's critical we get the inward reality piece first. If not, simplicity could just turn into another soul-crushing legalism where we're motivated by guilt. Rather, how about a wonderful, gentle call to tear back the clutter of life, relationships, possessions, and schedule? These things that keep us detached from the life God has invited us into. And as Chris Hall likes to say, the beauty and wonder of the Trinity. And of course, practicing simplicity has a potential for struggle and some suffering, the tension of our will and our heart. But as with all the disciplines, what we put into it is always less than what we get out of it. And with simplicity, freedom, abundance. Simplicity becomes another learning space that Jesus invites us into. It's funny to me that this discipline is for us today. When I moved over a year ago, we only unpacked what we really needed and wanted. The rest went into storage. Now I had last week off, and my major task was clearing out the storage space. And in so doing, I found a familiar mix of enthusiasm and accomplishment, but pain, right? The boxes, memories of my kids when they were little, memories of years past, memories of boxes that represent chaos when my cleaning method was to just throw it all in a box. This week I got to face my emotional attachments, these things I hold on to for no real reason. This should be an interesting month for me as my living room now houses a nice stack of emotions that I get to prayerfully face. There's a book on simplicity that I really like. It's titled Abundant Simplicity, Discovering the Unhurried Rhythms of Grace. It's written by Jan Johnson, and today we get to chat. My name is Nathan Foster, and welcome to the Renovare Weekly Podcast. And you wrote a whole book on simplicity. Yeah, I know it's scary. So I had to like give myself some prompters here. I really like that book. I told you that, right? Yes. It meant a lot to me. Very helpful. And thank you, my dear. What do, what do you want people to know about the practice of simplicity? Simplicity was always very important to me personally, but I didn't think about teaching it or talking about it until I began to realize that I would go to these churches and I would teach about meditation and hanging out with God and 
solitude and silence. And then I would come back a few years later. Nobody was doing anything, it seemed like. Maybe one or two people. <laughs> you hadn't changed the world, Jan? Oh, my gosh. <laughs> and what I realized is that nobody had time to do these things. That's how they felt. They all felt bad because they wanted to do it, but they didn't have time. And I began to figure out that simplicity of life as a discipline of abstinence, which means these are the things I let go of. These are the things that I choose not to do, sometimes for a short period of time, sometimes for longer, but that simplicity made the way for me to do the disciplines of engagement that I really wanted to do. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So there's several different facets of simplicity. Probably the three major ones are simplicity of time and leisure, which is really a lot about slowing down and practicing Sabbath, being very intentional about what God has called you to do and sticking with it. Mm, in terms Not of your time. Yes, I'm not doing everything else just be and sometimes that you eliminate things you're good at. Right. You know you're doing what breaks your heart that breaks the heart of God, so that's where you're going. Mm-hmm. And even good to me it's it's good things. It, it it's easy to say no to things I don't like or that are whatever, but good things, saying no to good things. Yes. For a, a greater cause, huh? Yeah. And it helps you say yes to the things you know you're called to then that helps you say no to the other things. So simplicity of speech, fewer words and more listening. So that has a lot to do with um, like George Fox, what was said of him, the fewness and, um, oh my gosh, I can't believe the quote has left me. The fewness and fullness of his words, you know, greatly impressed other people. And I thought, I remember when I first read that, no one would say that about me. <laughs> Wait, the fewness and fullness. Fullness, yes. Yeah. yeah. And so um, that fewer words and more intent listening, which is really about loving other people, and not speaking to impress people, cutting down on that impression management. And then still another one, a version of simplicity is simplicity of possessions, frugality, which has two parts. One is limiting what we already own, which is called cleaning out the clutter, although you may be very attached to some things. And then also limiting what you buy, limiting shopping, limiting all of that. And so we do these practices that God leads us into. And and I can also say there's like simplicity of technology, um, there's simplicity of clothing, simplicity of case, fitness and health in California. It's That's, you know, our big deal. So all of those things then begin to roll over into the rest of life. So what this is, is this really is a life of abundance. Because like Psalm 23, we believe we have everything we need. So I can let go of these other things. No. Wait a minute. <laughs> I I do this absence. I let go of all these things. And that's about abundance? Yes. You know, it, 
one of the things that's important when we do disciplines of simplicity is to do the heart exam, which is what you sort of did. <laughs> you went, what? <laughs> uh, because when, and see, you can choose just to do things for a short period of time too, just to see what's going on. And then you do the heart exam. Why is it that I think I need to do this? Why is it that I think I need this new shirt or blouse? Well, it's because I have to convince these people where I'm going that I'm just like so cool and at least 20 years younger than I really am. I mean, <laughs> then you start listening to your heart, yeah, listening to your thoughts. And, you know, you can fail miserably at doing these disciplines. If you do the heart exam, God will really talk. In fact, you'll sort of laugh at yourself. Yeah. Oftentimes the failure, the big lessons are in the failures of sorts, right? So these practices of kind of voluntarily choosing to let go, give space to hear my heart, hear my motives, right? It's kind of prayerful. To love others. Frugality gives you space to be able to bless others with your possessions or with your resources. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And where's the fuller life part come in? Okay, so here's an example. A woman I know decided to give up shopping for Lent. And she limited herself to once a week. She did the grocery shopping, but did not allow herself to buy anything that would be just for herself. You have to think about what this means. This means that when you go, oh, I'm out of X. I have to go. No, I get to wait 40 days. <laughs> um, and so she did this. Okay. And um, so I asked her how it went. And she said, my life was so much better. I was so much more relaxed. I wasn't in my car racing around trying to get things. When I didn't have what I thought I needed, I just asked God what would be a good idea to use instead. And I got the most creative ideas. But she said, the best thing is that I feel like I got my life back. Mm. And I have students in, in one of my classes where they are asked to fast from something for a day. And, and I give them all kinds of choices. A lot of times they choose technology. And they discover a whole new life. In their reflection papers, they write about how I played with my kids <laughs> <laughs> or I just had such a peaceful day. It's, it was really quite lovely. You, you almost have to try it to be able to experience it. But my, my friend's experience of not shopping all that time, I thought that was really good. What if I just made a list and waited? What would that be like? Yeah. Okay. Here's, here's my thought. People who will view simplicity, and and we're crossing over into fasting, which is okay too, but people who will view these disciplines of abstinence and kind of sit back and go, that's painful, that's miserable, you're torturing yourself, et cetera, et cetera. Are those people who haven't practiced them? Because in practicing, you very quickly begin to see the abundance, the goodness, you learn to laugh at yourself, you learn to, well, you learn about yourself and you learn about God. And ultimately, I do think there's great freedom in this. I think if if someone's in that space, they might ask God 
what would be a good place to start? Because too often in spiritual disciplines, and you know this very well, you know, people want to be heroic and they want to do a big deal. And, and my friends deal for 40 days, not shopping. That was a big deal. But to be able to choose to do things, maybe to only shop once a week, or maybe to, um, well, one discipline of simplicity that is a good starter, and this is interesting, is just to choose to deny yourself a little something every day. Mm-hmm. Just a little something. And the, the value there is that you really learn a lot about self-discipline. You really learn a lot about trusting God. So can I be happy if I, if I don't stop and get this soda? I mean, that's, that can be a big challenge for some of us. Um, <laughs> okay, so let me add to it then. When we go kind of heroic with it or go kind of overboard, then we, we, we're crossing yeah. lines that are potentially not helpful. Right, because then we just sit around and we're crabby. Yeah, yeah. So we want it to be a bit of, if you were to decide to go without television, you know, including, you know, all the channels, whatever, for even a day or two days. Um, just to kind of simplify your life, just because you're exhausted. Then instead you read a book or you do a puzzle with your kids or something. And just try it out. But let the spirit lead you in what that might be. Um, Here's a spiritual discipline that I have. There's a certain store that I have to, that I go to to get certain items but I end up over in the women's clothing section. I don't need anything there. <laughs> I'm just looking. <laughs> so. <laughs> Is it Target, Jan? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I always end up in the electronics. Why? I don't know. But, I, you know, I'm there for milk. Really? <laughs> so it's. It's been, it was a discipline. You, you just can't go, you know, and, and I think I only did it for like a year, but it was really a learning curve. Or in Pasadena, California, there was the most wonderful Christian bookstore. I mean, it was wonderful. Mm-hmm. Um, your books would have been in it, Nathan, I'm sure. Well, okay. um, <laughs> and and I, I had to, something I had to go to Pasadena for once a month. So I think for like three years, I just made it a practice that I couldn't go to that bookstore. And it was just good for me. I was buying books. I'm like the rest of the world. I have all these books I haven't read. Right, right. A good thing it turned bad and you needed to yes. pull back from it. Yeah. yeah, I was pretty much, you know, I'm great on frugality except for books. Right. They don't um, count, right? <laughs> and it was really good for me. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I feel fairly strongly about this, that when we enter into a new practice, that that needs to be a prayerful decision that we really, we don't rush into it, just kind of, I guess just to be thoughtful about what it is we're doing. And for me, if I feel kind of a nudge of like one of these things you're talking about, just kind of sit with it a little. I might I might talk to some people about it. I might, you know, talk to my spouse and um, before I actually kind of make that commitment. I go so far as to tell people, don't do a spiritual discipline unless Jesus invites you into it. Mm, mm-hmm. That's a good line. 
because normally for the kind of people I teach who are, you know, trying to be so, you know, they're really earnest people a lot of times. They're, they're doing it because a teacher said to, they're doing it because they read it in a book, they're doing because, um, in fact, I teach a spiritual disciplines class, and for many years, I would have students say at the end, I'm just going to go and do all these disciplines. So I had to record another lecture that said, don't go and do all these disciplines. <laughs> Wait for the spirit yeah. to lead. That's good. That's good. Thank you very much. You are welcome. Well, there you have it. Again, Jan's book is titled Abundant Simplicity, Discovering the Unhurried Rhythms of Grace. Have a great week.